Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Imperfection Wins Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing, executive coach and speaker, and I have a passion for helping people make positive, transformational changes to their businesses and themselves and break through roadblocks to live their best lives. Let's get to it. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Imperfection Wins Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited about the show that we have planned for you today because my guest is someone I've actually wanted to have on for a long time. She is this phenomenal woman that I met way back in January, and she's just amazing, and you're going to love her. She's an entertainer, a leadership consultant, a writer, a speaker, and a spiritual life coach, and you will literally be able to picture her doing all of those things. She's also an award-winning indie R&B soul artist, and I am just thrilled that she's here. So please welcome Lady Holly to the show. Welcome, Hello, all the way from New York. I know. Well, remember, I'm a transient, so I'm California-born, New York-raised, uh, and so I, uh, I'm, I'm a bi-coastal chick there. You so, are. Yeah, welcome. I love it. Oh, Thank you well, for having so me. Fun. Oh, you're so welcome. It's so fun to have you. And um, I was thinking before we jump in to all of the things I want to talk to you about, mm-hmm. can you just tell everyone just a little bit about you, whatever you want to share? You got it. So, um, uh, you know me. I'm the multicultural chick. Um, I am Native American Indian. I'm German. I am African American and Puerto Rican. And then it was funny when I did uh, my keynote speech where I actually have a moment where I say that. My mother te- uh, texts me and it was hysterical. And I had to tell our, our person, Kelly Hager, I said, Kelly Hager, out of all the things I said in that video, my mother goes, Don't forget about the Irish. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That was my mother's response. It was hysterical. Um, and I was like, Mom, I totally don't think I, I my, on my gene track, I have much of the Irish, whereas my sister, my older sister has more of it than I do. Um, in her DNA, which is hysterical, but that's who I, that's me from a, you know, um, from from my DNA, um, and then my upbringing was very much this eclectic um, household um, that just made me who I am today. Because I was the fifth generation in this multicultural house of different languages and different things going on, and I was the youngest, and everybody was in their retirement age, and so I felt like I was in the geriatric. I felt like I was on an episode <laughs> of Golden Girls um, times ninety with this. Like Cosby meets the Golden Girls. That's exactly oh what my household, with a little bit of um, Raymond and some of the <laughs> oh <my laughs> Sesame gosh. Street. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it! And I know you are also you are a mother. Yes, I am a mom of five. So I have my oldest is thirty three. Uh, my twins are 29. They're fraternal twins. And then my um, youngest son is 20. And my my graduate, soon to be, is 14. And so she is my youngest daughter. So I have three daughters and two sons. I, you've got your hands full. You have yeah. got your hands oh, no. full. And I, um, I just want to share, if I can, a quick mm-hmm. story about how you and I met. Because we met oh. back in January. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you've never heard me tell the story from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but so first of all, you, 
your very being, your presence, the way that you dress, you exude power. So <laughs> we met and strength. And I know Wonder Woman is your, your lady, right? Yes, and I've got my, uh, I am Wonder Woman and I have my whole mask, everything. So my nephew was like, that's auntie. <laughs> it's so cool. So, so you and I met back in January when we were both in Los Angeles to film our keynote speeches. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, when I first, when you first walked in, I was so um, struck by just your confidence and presence. As I said, I mean, you, you really do exude strength. Um, and then you and I connected because we've both been in human resources for a very long time. So we had yes. a fun conversation talking about how broken that function is and <laughs> all of the crazy stories. Um, but what I want everyone to know is that, and you don't even know this, I know, but we had a moment where we were all sitting around a table, all of the people that were mm -hmm. there to film their keynote. And we were talking about what our intention was for this year and what we needed more of. And I will never forget this moment because I said, when it came to me, I said, you know, I really need more confidence. <clears throat> and you looked across the table at me in all of your strength and you said, you do not have a problem with confidence. <laughs> you, you said you need to surrender. And I thought about that for three days, the whole three days we were there. And you know, even to this day, since January, mm. you were so right. You were so right. And that has been wow. a theme for me this year, just surrendering. And if anything has taught me that I don't have control, it's a pandemic and a revolution. <laughs> so I just that moment for me was really powerful and that you saw wow. it clearly wow. yeah it was really cool wow. and to this day I feel your support all the way across the country oh yeah oh no you can't quit me now <laughs> you can't quit that's one of the things about me it's funny um they talk about diversity talking about being multicultural and multi-ethnic in a, in a household with you know different religious perspectives different cultural upbringing perspectives because the relatives that grew up you know um in ohio versus the relatives that grew up in puerto rico versus the relatives that grew up in the south it's very different perspective and then they're combined mates so their spouses had stories and so it was just it was wonderful it was like it was just wonderful thing and i'm very melanin dominant and so to sit across the table where my great great grandmother is 80 something at the time and she we were eating dinner and she goes wow you can tell that the darkies are eating boy because it's awful quiet in here and that would be how dinner started once everybody got to the table because everybody would be coming from different places and we had a three-story home um and my uncle had the basement like the man cave and we were on the my mom and her kids were on the top and then the, the old people were in the middle it was a spanish beautiful stucco balconies you know just a really great house it was just a really great house to this day i keep telling the people who move in it like i'm coming back for that house that's my house um, because it's just this great house what were all, what were the different languages that were spoken at home growing up? Because I so home Spanish. Spanish and English, uh, and then what I would call this, uh, I call it the mommy dialect of my my elders. Of the, they just had this way of talking that was very, I don't know, I don't know where it comes from. It's not um, patois. It's not like a. It's not like a French. It's it's more like Spanish, 
Spanglish um, with a little bit of, um, you know, their own kind of way of not letting the children know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> that has died because my sister and I don't know how to do it. Um, we don't. We were like, yeah, we just we just speak now. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad. I could really use a language where my kids didn't understand what I was saying. I know it, it was like no. the big land. Like Ude, Ude, you know, they moving. Yeah. I think they put words backwards. It was really weird. That's so so amazing. And I know so so you've talked about how diverse you are culturally and mm-hmm. raised. Yeah. And I also know just from spending some time with you that you have really diverse life experiences. You've lived yeah. in a lot of places. You've traveled a lot of places, yep. um, and I just find it fascinating. And so. Will you just talk about how maybe some of your favorite unique Mm -hmm. experiences that you've had, Mm -hmm. but then I want to know how being raised in such a culturally diverse environment and then also having those life experiences has led you to the work you're doing now. So tell me first just about, you know, some of those life experiences Mm -hmm. and, and maybe some of your favorites. So having so my grandmother is uh, the the quintessential Auntie Mame Demi. Um, so she didn't live with us, right? So she lived all over the world. She said she was a global global traveler and she was a global citizen of the world. And I thought that that was fantastic. But if you watch Rosalind Russell's version of Auntie Mame, she's also that woman. <laughs> she's also very much this debutante. Uh, socialite who married well um, and we didn't know what her deal was and it wasn't until later in life that I found out that she was an operative for the uh, CIA and part of her marriages were um, assignments that she was on but she had real husbands as well uh, inclusive of my grandfather and so um, one of the, the the best stories in the world was her you know she would come in and she had this bracelet and that's how we knew she was there or we'd get a box of her things she believes in not she didn't believe in traveling when you traveled for, and you were going to stay somewhere you UPS your stuff to to the person's house you don't take luggage so that you can walk on the plane and you just are a diva and I've kept that tradition <laughs> double I love that tradition um <laughs> Literally, I, I, you know, she would eat, mail things to hotels. It was like she she had the right plan for this. It was really great. And then so then we would get the New York Times bestseller list, and she'd make us. We had a library a block away from our house, and she would make one of the kids go get all the bestsellers off the list. And what was so impressive to me, um, we have this thing in our family where she could digest a bestseller in a day. So she would read a book a day. So we know how long she would kind of be there, um, based on how many books she took out from the library. Um, and so. You know, she she spoke German. Um, she was born in the 1800s, but she was um, because she was so fair. So, say my grandmother is about as fair as you, um, and she was able to go to college um, because on one side of my house we got our 40 acres and a mule. So, on my mother's side of the family, I know all about my lineage and all about you know my slave owners and all about my um, you know doing a business. And so, her mother and her mother's sister um, opened uh, were the product of this of two freed slaves, and so they had a brothel and a, a catering hall <laughs> oh my God. so please they had all the tea they had all the tea huh please tell me you're gonna write a book oh no no i did a, i did a whole screenplay it's called winifred it, it's, it's after my mom my grandmother's life because oh. you know we just didn't know and then my aunt betty was like please let me die before you finish it i don't want to see it on the film and you know so she was i'm like i'm not telling the bad stuff i'm telling i don't even know all the juicy bits i know some of it but i don't know all of it 
and then she had research stuff that she gave me once she passed and she was like here you go now you can finish your film and it was you know pretty pretty rite of passage and one of the best things about my grandmother that I try to do today I know a lot of women still are getting into touch um, touch points was that my grandmother would always write you letters so regardless of the conversations that we had in the house um, she would write these wonderful wonderful letters and she would give you information in these letters about yourself about your life's journey and I so appreciated that like I, um, unfortunately my storage space um, for when I moved to Russia um, my things got um, sold um, and I can't get that stuff back like but the, the, those nuggets and then she would give you a piece of your history so she would give me a spoon from like it would be like from my great 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 and you know she'd tell you who it was from you know the family dynamic and on the back of like pictures she would write who it was from what line of the family it was from and it was just she was just you know in a way laying the breadcrumbs for you to put your life back together if something happened to one of our elders and I thought that that was just I'm doing a very poor job of it now I'm, I'm compiling the stuff and my kids don't understand like why I have certain things and I just haven't gone I haven't had the moment to do the work that she's doing because like I said they were all getting she was she was in she really was an entrepreneur she didn't really work for anybody when I was growing up and the reason why I got to travel was because imagine all these retirees with all their pensions and all their whatever they're sitting home and she was the traveler so I every my mother didn't have to worry about what I was doing for the summer because I was going to be with grandma so you traveled with her during the summer yeah yeah so her and her best friend and it was the bomb like when I look back on it now it's like I didn't always like it because I was away from my mom but oh my god this woman was crazy crazy so we had loveless fun what an amazing experience that is so (laughs) cool and so I'm really curious about having such diverse life experiences and growing up among so many other cultures and having so many cultures inside of your own DNA. Mm-hmm. And I just ask you what you are thinking and feeling right now. I mean, so many people are, you know, awakening to mm-hmm. racism in our country. Um, I mean, it, it seems we, we are truly in a revolution. So, so I, I feel like you probably have a, a unique perspective on this. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. So my mom is 80 now. So, and, and we, my mom was die hard um, Unitarian Universalist when we grew up. And matter of fact, I got married in the Unitarian Universalist church, grew up through the camps and all that stuff. Because she was very much about being a Democrat, being a liberal, whole free thinker, you know, radical thinker, letter writer. Um, my, um, a great aunt um, and, and grandparents were very much civil rights activists um, and very much um, into making sure that they had stayed plugged into the, the, the what I call the middle class or, you know, kind of middle class teachers, professors, kind of the collegiate um, um, African-American society. And so we did like Jack and Jill and all that stuff. And so there was this whole wave of the, you know, we we shall overcome, but we will then educate you so that you don't have to do this ever again kind of movement. So for me, it's I'm, I'm, I've been woke for so long that I'm tired. I'm tired of being woke. What's exciting is that my kids are waking up um, and that I'm, even my 14-year-old daughter is like, when do I go to protest? When do I get to be able to um, 
you know, go to a rally. I want to. I want my voice heard. And from from a safety perspective, I had her do. I had her come to one um, that I knew was going to be just a rally. It was not a protest, and it was just. It was. It was all done by young people, and it was amazing. Um, and I said, you know what? Social media. I was like, you're doing all this TikToking and all this other stuff. I call it TikTok Tourette's. I'm like, you need to focus your voice and allow your social presence that you have even at your level with your friends and your the people that watch you and and create something that leaves behind a, a seed for someone who doesn't know what your life experience is and she's you know so even i say if i'm multicultural then my kids are absolutely worse than i am because then i've you know picked people <laughs> in their background i was like you guys have so much culture running through you that don't deny every part of who you are and you know anywhere that you are um and anything that it, it, you're exposed to that doesn't serve you you know it, talk about it the, the difference is we didn't in the revolution will not you know Gil Hicks got here and the revolution and will not be televised the difference is now it's not only televised it's in every eyeball corner of the world now which for me is where the tired comes in sometimes where the scared comes in because the fact that it, it hasn't stopped the fact that there are more videos the fact that they're now, you know, people in every crevice, knowing what their rights are, knowing their ability to film it, that we're catching it on film, and that people are still doing it, which is the worst part of it all. Um, and so it's really hard for me. I grew up with Rosetta Lenoir when I was studying and I was in the theater, you know, theater, and she was the grandmother on um, the Urkel show, uh, Family oh, yeah. Matters. And so she had a, a, a theater company here called the Amas UB Blake Youth Theater that I was the musical director at because I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a child prodigy kind of kid, right? So I'm, I was intellectually gifted. It's that thing that I talked about with my grandmother. And so I was on staff versus being in the program at 20 something years old. So um, she says, she used to always say that if you cut us, we just bleed. So there can't be anything. We're only human race, which is H-U-E. And that's like we're like flowers. So the roses don't complain that the tulips are grow. The azaleas don't get mad that the peonies grow. We're all just flowers in God's garden. So get over yourself. There should not be more roses than azaleas, than tulips, than than, than daisies. And whatever your favorite thing is, and it could be mint, I don't care, well, clover, I don't even care who you would want to represent as. We, that's all we are on this planet. That's all we are, and we're supposed to go forth and multiply and create some more flowers. <laughs> and the evolution of that process doesn't make one of us better than the other by the color of our skin, because that, quite frankly, we understand that it's the same DNA that runs through your body, that runs through my body, that runs through Trump's body, that runs through Barack's body. It's the same. When we bleed, we bleed. If something happens to us and we need a transfusion, it is not a transfusion of our skin. It is a transfusion of blood. It will be it will be a bone marrow transfer. All the things that we have, we can share. Yeah. The the the, the color is is because we're just different. That's just who what what it is. And so for me, it's hard when you have sought out that kind of level of education and had it in your home where you know i've never saw a african a dark skinned baby in my family because my family is so we because we say we've been so raped so the bloodline has been so tainted like when you look in the in the pictures because of slavery right so because of that you know that that interbreeding our children my my kids my, my sister's kids came out with blonde hair and blue eyes mm -hmm. and my brother-in-law was like whose kids are those <laughs> <laughs> 
and we were like, oh, those are ours, you know, because we know, we understand that our kids are going to show up differently. And it wasn't until I had my talent acquisition manager who came from Cote d'Ivoire had a baby, and her baby came out brown. And I was like, oh, my God. But I said, wow, because my babies either turn a different color or they get darker or they start one color. I have never, I had never seen a pure brown baby before. Hmm. And, and it was amazing to me. Yeah, and I'm an adult and had you know, I'd gone to Africa, but I just hadn't seen the process of, of birth because one of my other joys in life is that I'm a midwife, right? So not practicing, but uh, have all the have all the credentials and still just didn't go do my license when I got to New York. But um, I love like the fact that that is that is where the the love light shines, right? And the hope that we can get there. So then hopeful for me is where I am, that this generation is going to respond in a way that makes people accountable more because we've hoodwinked people for too long. We have swept it under the carpet for too long. We have closed our door and goodnighted, you know, the issues because they're difficult, yet we, you know, have so much dysfunction even from a you know a leadership perspective of the country. And so what these kids are looking at is like, whoa, why, how, how did you guys let this happen? And there's so many answers to that and, and not really, um, just like this disease. We know that it was patent in 2000. And we, we did it. We made it. it was, it's, it's when we tested and we try to do evil that, you know, things happen. But, but the earth needed a reset, Sam. Yeah. When I look at Italy, like with all the places that I've gone, the beauty of Venice when I went in the 80s versus where it was in 2012 was disgusting. Mm. And now the flora and the fauna and the, 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 the erosion of the earth, just because we want to pack in 9 million tour buses and people and pollution. New York doesn't have the smog that it had. San Francisco's smog is, is different now. Like India's pollution is like, the earth said, stop. God says, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. really did. He, he, he really did, down. didn't he? He really did. It was like, uh, oh, no, yeah. I've had enough. Sit yeah. down. I, I mean, I think that um, everything that you're saying is so true. And, and back to the first thing you said, which was, I'm tired. That's mm-hmm. something I hear. You know, I had Shay on last week, our beautiful friend Shay, and she mm. said the same thing. She's tired, you know? And mm-hmm. I think... For, for me and, you know, as I, like, this has been a time of deep contemplation. Not only did the contemplation start for me during the pandemic, um, but I think deep contemplation now um, among, you know, just how racism is literally right in front mm-hmm. of our faces. And I'm, I went through a period of feeling heartbroken, um, responsible, you know, guilty, all of the things that are not helpful. Mm-hmm. And, but then I came out of that and now just feel um, immense gratitude, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I feel so much more awake and compassionate and I'm seeing with different eyes and mm-hmm. I actually feel grateful that it's happening at a time when my children are still in my home where we can right. have conversations and the conversations are interesting with them because they feel like they've been duped, like by mm-hmm. their school, 
you know, like mm -hmm. by the things that they learned, by the focus on, um, you know, how this country was built. And, and I know, I look at them and I think just like you're saying for your kids, I know that they are the generation that will make real change. And I'm hopeful we can make real change. Um, but I, that you, you being tired, I feel like I'm hearing that a lot. And one of the other things I'm hearing and I'm grateful for is that mm -hmm. this is our time. It's my mm -hmm. time. The people that have been asleep, you know, not actively participating in racism by, you know, intention, but we've been a bit, we've been asleep at the wheel. Mm -hmm. um, it's time for us to take action. It's time for us to be educated. It's time for us to, you know, be very awake and active. Yeah. And I feel grateful for that call to action, to be honest. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm the fact that Brianna, the, the legislation, because we're not busy doing all the other stuff that whatever we were doing, killing our earth and killing our air and killing ourselves with the things that we were consuming, ingesting and, and, and watching and believing and then our, our, our excess uh, living lifestyles of getting to wherever we were getting, not, not fast, by the way, we weren't, we weren't doing it any faster. Um, but we are now able to see that things can move when that you're not busy doing all the other stuff that didn't really make matter anyway. Yes. So the stuff that matters, I'm, I'm loving the fact that the laws now are being overturned and yes. that we're finally holding each other accountable and that there's some sort of ethics. Like I really felt like gener this generation was like, wow, they, they, you guys talk a good game, but you're hit hypocritical. And yes. so in your hypocrisy, you created a Trump like who can stand there one day and lie to the whole world and then turn around and then try to recant it as if he didn't say it and that we weren't watching. It's amazing to, to how, you know, my 14-year-old comes up and go, and she's, she's like, Mom, you know, I have to stop watching the news. He makes me mad. He makes me angry. He, he, you know, for the things and the, and, and all of the privileges that he was able to do to be afforded in his life for him to make comments like that when he does come from an immigrant background, his children are of, you know, this, the product of the fact that his wives are not, you know, like not American born. Like she, my daughter has dissected his whole family in, yeah. in a way that is like, isn't it amazing? <laughs> I mean, that's sort of what these kids, like they are, I'm watching my, teenagers too and I'm like they are smart and they yeah. are very aware and thinking critically about what they're seeing and they're saying out loud whereas I yeah. still raised in a generation I think that had more like just compliance mm -hmm. and they're like not complying they are like nope. that doesn't make sense that's and why right and they're questioning yep. and i think that's one of the healthiest things that's happening because it's pushing me then to question and go yep. gosh you're right like what are we what are we doing and i um i'm really i'm really energized by that mm -hmm. i love seeing that in my children i love seeing that they're pushing the needle and they're pushing. I, I was talking with my daughter yesterday, who's almost 19. And mm -hmm. I said, we were talking about the year that's coming and she's getting ready to go to college. And I said, you know, I think this year for me, the word that keeps coming up for me, the phrase is it's about radical responsibility and mm -hmm. education. Like those are the things that keep bubbling up for me. Like that's what this needs to be about. Um, and I, I like that. 
Like I'm prepared, I'm taking responsibility, you know, and I'm also getting educated so that I can, I can make a difference. But, um, I like that. And, right? and, I, and I like that. And the word, you know, it's funny. So we, I just did this, um, share the mic now, which was the world listens to women. And, um, so women, non-melanin dominant women took their Instagram accounts, their Facebook accounts. I love seeing for far too long, black women's voices have gone unheard. And so they used, they were like, if we have privilege and we have a platform, then we're going to take our accounts and we're going to share the mic. And I thought that that was so amazing yes. that the intention of the campaign was, you know, to highlight the, the work that people are doing. And not just, it's just to be a catalyst for change, but that we hear one another's voices. So we're not, we're not so busy right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I'm gardening more. Like, the stuff that matters at the end of the day is what I'm focusing on. And so even when my daughter goes, Mom, you know, you said stuff for years, and I didn't understand it. And she was like, and now I see it. And she was like, and now I have a, a, a better relationship with God. She's like, and I'm in my Bible. I have my, you know, she, we're talking about her Bible plan. You know, and she's 14. How amazing is that for a teenager? And it was amazing. Right. You know, that started when we uh, had taken her and my mother to Egypt. So we called it 80, um, 1450. Um, so my mother was 80 and the same year my daughter turned 14 and I turned Aww. 50. So it was our, it was our rendezvous. And even in Egypt, we were, uh, she was, we were in, um, um, Aswan and uh, we were going up to Luxor and one of the kids came over to the horse buggy and said it was it was, dead, oh, it was mute and, she, and he wanted food and he, and he was looking for money and I said sweetie the way this works is I have to pay like his uncle who's driving the, the coach I was like because they're going to go back and share that that this is the this is the peaked season when people are traveling and in their village this is how this works and I was like I could give him some but then, I, then why not give his brother and then one I said so realize I don't have enough to give everyone in the whole village right now i was like so understand so she literally left the the, the captain's the table at the on the boat went in the room to the room and got on her knees and prayed and she said i have so much that just gave me chills that and just- we had to have this and it was riveting to me because i know my children are spoiled but then this happened and she goes I'm, I don't know what to feel because I have more than most, but I don't have privilege and, and I don't have this ability to not worry about my brothers and my dad and, you know, and she was like, where am I supposed to put this? Um, and so trying to figure out, you know, why we have so much, it's, it's, it's riveting to me. So like part of my keynote was called Bet on You and I turned that whole conversation into her stepping out of this teenage box or this limitation of what a teenager is supposed to be working on or feeling or thinking and to open up her mind to the fact that she could be exploring all these courses and she's teaching herself German on on an app and she's you know she's she's kind of spending the same time that she would being in her room listening to vinyl she wanted a record player and vinyl records for her birthday so she got those and she is turning into this 90s kid like I feel like we're going we've we've gone back a bit so that we can move forward so that we can move forward 
Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, Sam, this is what you're, I think, in every household, it was like, my God, if you are upset that you picked the person you picked, you know, the courts are closed. So, you, got, right. you know, you can't get rid of your family. I apologize. You got caught wherever you got caught in COVID. But it really demonstrated the choices that we make, the conscious choices that we make and how we show up. So if we don't like each other and we're married to each other, why are we married? Yeah. Why did we do that? Oh my gosh. It- That's such a great segue. I actually, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, yep. I mm-hmm. want to talk about um, something that you just sort of touched on, which is your work around mental health and spiritual mm-hmm. health and physical touch and what we need right now. I think it's such an important conversation and I love the work that you, you do. Got in space. So everyone, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dig into all of those things with Lady Holly. Once again, you are listening to Sam Willing on the Imperfection Wins Show, KKNW 1150. Okay, everyone. I want to talk about one of my favorite local small businesses, Plant Life Meals. Plant Life Meals serves fresh, never frozen, delicious, and ready-to-eat plant-based meals to our community. I've been ordering from them for about six weeks now, and I'm telling you, the food is great. And it's been so helpful for me to have a healthy, high-protein meal ready to go for lunch or really any meal. My favorite has to be the lasagna and those little protein bites are the perfect treat to keep my sweet tooth tamed. And did you know that eating more plant-based foods is one of the best ways we can have a positive impact on the environment? The owners, Liz and David, are building this business straight from their hearts and making a big impact on our community, one meal at a time. Please go check out plantlifemeals.com and try it out. You will feel great, not only about what you're putting in your body and how you're helping our community, but also what you're doing for our environment. So let's help this small business rise up during this time of struggle. Again, that's plantlifemeals.com. This show is sponsored by Urban Restoration, the Eastside's premier builder for remodeling, new construction, and so much more. With over 20 years of experience, the team at Urban Restoration has built a foundation of integrity, trust, superior craftsmanship, and personal accountability to clients. Whether you are building a new home, doing a total home remodel, or even a small project, the experienced team at Urban Restoration will walk you through the process and leave you with the results you desire. Client satisfaction and relationships rule at Urban Restoration. If you are located on the Greater East Side and looking for a contractor you can trust, visit the Urban Restoration website at ur-build.com. That's the letter U, the letter R-build.com for contact information and to check out pictures of their amazing craftsmanship. Again, that's the letter U, the letter R-build.com for Urban Restoration. Hey everybody, it's me, Sam. Many of you know that one of my greatest joys in life is handing out small, perfectly imperfect wooden hearts. That's right, I said perfectly imperfect. These are the words that came to mind when I held one of these handmade hearts in my hand for the first time. These beautifully crafted, imperfect hearts are made by my friend Gary. Fate brought us together and ordering hearts from him and giving them to anyone who needs one has been a joyful part of my journey. The hearts serve as a physical reminder that things don't need to be perfect to be meaningful. Check out my website, samwilling.com, 
forward slash imperfect hearts for the whole heart story to place an order or make a donation. 100% of the proceeds go towards the mission. Don't forget that samwilling.com. All right, everyone, it's time for our second small business highlight. You know, this is a hard time for so many small local businesses. And now more than ever, they need our support. And one of my favorite places to hang out is Belden Cafe in Bellevue. Now, during normal times, I have most of my meetings outside of the office there. I do work there. I love to walk there with a friend and sit and enjoy their amazing coffee and food. But one of the reasons I love Belden so much is that they set themselves apart from other coffee shops by being incredibly community focused. The owner, Claire, has very intentionally partnered with several nonprofits. She creates special drinks for them and gives a portion of the proceeds to them. She promotes them on social media. She often donates pastries and financially to other nonprofits in the area. And recently, she actually started partnering with a local flower farmer whose business essentially stopped due to COVID-19. So Claire started bringing in the farmer's flowers and selling them on Fridays and Saturdays. They are so beautiful. She's selling out most weeks. And honestly, it's one of my favorite things to do during this quarantine is just go grab some flowers for loved ones and have a killer cup of coffee. Now I know in Seattle, you have choices when it comes to coffee, but please go give Belden a shot. You will not be disappointed. They're doing online ordering and curbside pickup right now. And I just know, you know, from the beautiful relaxed vibe in the store to the homemade nut milks and avocado toast, I know you'll love it. Just go check them out at BeldenCafe.com and swing by for an awesome cup of coffee and just a great community experience. Again, that's BeldenCafe.com. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to the Imperfection Wins Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing, and we are back with Lady Holly having such a great conversation. And I'm so excited about talking more about some of the work, Lady Holly, that you do, because I really feel like we always need your work, but this is a really <laughs> acute time as we were just talking about. So tell me about your focus on mental and physical and spiritual health, and then um, I know you do a lot with physical touch. So what do we need right now mm -hmm. to bring healing and love to each other? So the grown people, and it's so funny because, you know, I'm coming for you, Dr. Ruth Westheimer. I am coming for you. Um, <laughs> uh, so I can all, you know, get the, all the education and kind of put it all together with the with the, with the spiritual and then the healing, right? Um, and my partner, um, Dr. Zoya McCants, is my PhD. So we do this thing. And because of you, Sam Willing, we finally have our podcast and we are doing our episode. It's called Black Stilettos Podcast. I'm and so people excited. Are like, okay, wait, I want everyone to get that. So, so you're starting yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just, oh, we just started Black Stilettos Podcast, and we picked that because we love Black Stilettos. We love Stilettos, period, we, and we're tall girls, and, but, and that, so that has nothing to do with the, the you know, 
that had to do with the things that we like and and those you know that was the the one common denominator as we were trying to you know come up with a name because my practice is called know thy sex and so there's so many components to the modules which is know thyself um which is where we are now right so this is this um evolution of self and part of it when i told you to surrender i i, I could tell you was not me that's the god in me and that, that is a gift that is knowing that there is a god that that speaks through and to people you know me and my my ministry of helping not just people more more women but sometimes i have to say i actually have more male clients than female because men don't know how to hunt anymore because women have made it hard for them mm. Um, we we and we've made it hard for them because we had we were silent and we woke up and we got vigilant and then you know there's so many I don't want to talk about the bad parts of it but the good parts were that we did come to the table and we did want it we want equality and we are doing work that is valuable and we want to get recompensated for it and we did come out of the home and we we are not supposed to just be barefoot and pregnant all day. Um, <laughs> We can do a whole other show on it, but I have to say there was so much power and touch just literally holding someone's hand. So COVID has also made it the anxiety go up. So we, we, we've taken our mental health um, commitment to going, we're going to just do mental health year because 2020 is going to be about mental health the whole year. And this is male mental health month. Um, and so interestingly enough, because I believe in the power of orgasm, which is a whole other thing for women, in men it's creating anxiety. And so because people have not, if they're not in a relationship and people have got so many emotions on the table, they're not having sex, that's unfortunate. And then there's a whole millennial generation X that are just now going to, there's going to be COVID, uh, quarantine, there's going to be so many babies because these kids are, are doing the exact opposite, which is what always happens when we, when the world goes through a shift like this. Right. Every war, every, you know, everything, every World War II babies and this, and, you know, you came up with the, the phrase Irish twins because the, the men got deployed, they came home. Home and they went right back out. So what did they happen? They had babies that were nine months apart. <laughs> nine months apart. Um, so that's always going to happen. We're always going to replenish the garden. But um, the touch is important. Somebody's hand, even if you know some people don't like touch and now are getting anxious that they're never going to touch people again. But we need it. We require it. Our bodies are designed for it. Our synopses fire when somebody hugs you. There's times when I can stay in a hug. I have one woman, Tony, shout out to her. When we hug, we talk about the fact that we miss it right now in a way that is, is not sexual. It is it is that all of these wonderful feelings and, and, and nerve endings and emotions, it's like a download to her and a download to me. Spock used to do it on the show when he would, the, the empath moment when he would touch the thing and get all the readings off of it. Um on Star Trek, and it's like, oh my God, we have to touch one another. If you if you were able, you know, you talk about a violent crime. I know that man when he put his knee on that his neck. It's like if you when you he, the feeling there's there's a look in his eye when you watch it over and over again that you go, he knew what he did. Yeah. He and he and, and there's a moment of the adrenaline stopped rushing because I talked to my police department. I work in city government during the day and I've talked to my police department. I've talked to the pastors. I've talked to, you know, the mental health ther technicians. And it's, there's this moment of 
when you touch someone, it, it changes your life. Yeah. When you touch your baby for the first time, when they grab your finger for the first time, it's life-changing, especially for men, because women have had the attachment of the child in, internally. But the external moment when a baby either con- connects with you and or touches you, or even a, a young person comes over and they touch your cheek, or they want a hug, or someone just reaches out and they just need a, 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 a just for you to hold their hand. Literally, it is a game changer, and we've forgotten how to do that because we're touching electronic devices, and that's why this. Yes, yes, that we're so we're, because I I love touch, and I'm finding mm-hmm. with this pandemic, I really miss, and I and I have my family, so I'm not without mm-hmm. touch, but mm-hmm. I miss being able to hug my friends mm-hmm. and hug people that I'm close to and I'm still being hugged and giving hugs within my home mm-hmm. um, and so I'm not completely without but I do I do think about the people in my life that are alone mm-hmm. and what that must do to their mental health mm-hmm. of just being alone and not having any touch and that energy exchange that you get from physical touch Yep. And so we did a whole, we're doing on Tuesday nights, we're doing this whole mindfulness series because Zoe's clients, we were trying to, you know, again, everybody has figured out how to um, get through this pandemic and, you know, what do you offer as a, you know, she's a, she's a psychiatrist, she's a, you know, licensed mental health counselor, you know, I'm a, a light healer and, and, a, and a sex therapist and, and a spiritual, you know, um, coach and, and the, and so how do you combine that? And we were like, we're going to have mindfulness Tuesdays. And so what we do is a lot, we, we guide you through meditation so that we can quiet spirit. And then we introduce you to the techniques and things to help you deal with the anxiety, but yet help you from my bet on you moment to still be able to express gratitude to the universe for this time this time is special it's not a a hood you haven't been hoodwinked that 2020 is just a blip on the radar it had to happen because we were out of order and so how do you put yourself back into the matrix slowly at your own pace in gratitude in mindful conscious decision making again versus um it's the fast food of it all. We're eating fresher. We're, you know what I mean? Like this is a game changer for many people. And so for me, it is to really give back to what you're rooted in. Like I, my immune system was always boosted. I was always alkaline because I've saved people from cancer, you know? So by going Ayurvedic and going, doing the things and getting the CBD and getting the things that God put on the earth to fight the things that we're doing, the microwaving, the fast food, like the stuff that we're, the big, the drugs and not understanding the, the reactions to the drugs that we're taking and the surgeries and the traumas that we have. Um, and so when you when people weren't seeking out this information and we were in this coma, now we're awake. And so the conscious choice is to be to get yourself healthy. And so I literally did this reset with I was in my in my own professional development. I decided I wanted to practice, to study underneath Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher, who was homeless and he became, got his PhD and his story is amazing and riveting. And he did this exercise and at four o'clock in the morning one day he called me and was like, are you working out? I was like, no, Eric, I'm sleeping. And you know why I'm sleeping? Because I know that I don't have the body that I want right now, but I'm not direct, I'm not ready to do the work required to get there. But I do know when I'm ready to get there, there will be nothing that will stop me and it will take me six weeks because my body didn't forget. Mm-hmm. And it's he was like, I'm getting off the phone. He said, I'm getting off the phone with 
yep, he's, I'm getting off the phone with you. He's like, you are so focused, I can't stand you. And it was just like, <laughs> I was like, I can only take on one thing. And it's like, give me, we're doing a refocus of my brain. Like, I can't do my body and my brain at the same time. <laughs> Yeah. It's so cool that you know that about yourself though, right? And that you just yeah. gave yourself the rest, like you knew you needed to sleep. Because I think a lot of what I notice just in myself sometimes, or just in, you know, in friends is there was so much guilt associated with everything mm-hmm. that it's like pushing ourselves to work out, even when we're exhausted, even though when our body's telling us, you know, not to. Or, you know, and then, and then if we don't, carrying around guilt about it. And so I love just what you just said about, you know, yeah, like you could work out or you could actually just do what your body's calling you to do at that moment, which is actually just to lay down and rest. Yeah. And I, I think that's cool. And so tell, so we have only a few minutes left. Yep. I really want people to know how they can follow you, how they can learn from you. Um, so the best one is my email. Your what? Your email? I said the I am Holly Francis. Okay. Gmail.com. I am Holly Francis, all one word, yes. and gmail.com. That is the best way to always get in touch with me. Um, you can go to like people who are looking to under, you know, book stuff through for sex therapy or relationship counseling, usually use my know thy sex, um, dot com or info at know thy sex dot com. Um, or literally an Instagram, Lady Hollywood, because somebody, what, this young little lovely artist took my name, but that's okay. I love her. Um, I, know. I love that um, you're um, Lady Hollywood on Instagram. It makes me yeah, yeah, no, it makes it so. That's what I used to be called until my my aunt was like, you know, California is going to fall off and be an island. You don't want to be, a, you don't want to think. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so I dropped the wood. So I was always Hollywood because I was in New York, but I was from California, so everybody in New York called me Hollywood. But so many other people were called Hollywood, and so it just yeah. didn't it didn't work. But yeah, no, that's still me on on Instagram, and um. Um, and of course, my my website, which is ladyholly.com, which I just decided to take down and redo yesterday. Okay. Well, <laughs> great. When it's up, we'll all be there. And so, uh, can I ask you? So, the Mindfulness Tuesday in the podcast. So, mm-hmm. tell me, can people, is the podcast launched? Can they find it? So, yeah. we're going to launch the podcast. I'm doing it. We are launching it this weekend. So, okay. Black Stilettos, it's there. Blackstilettos.com. Black Stilettos podcast, all one word dot com is up and we are launching that this weekend excellent and are you is mindfulness tuesday something that's open to people or you know what we haven't we're about we're about to um only because of the success of it um it was really her client base and then we turned out it was a whole big blown thing so mindfulness tuesday is, is a webinar we will actually be putting that out there again we'll probably put the link um on my instagram account Okay. I definitely will. It'll be on my Insta. Okay. And I'll put the invitation out there because it's a, oh my God, it's wonderful. You don't have to have your freaking camera on. It is not about that. It is literally get your uh, get your butt to the table, get a beverage, get a snack, get somewhere so you can sit comfortably and allow yourself one hour and we keep to the time. Like we don't try to hold people unless the, unless the Q&A gets um, interesting and then, we, which it has, and that we, we try to make sure that people can get in and get out and, and, and just have that luck on their on their calendar for themselves it's for you if you don't do anything for, you can't do anything for anybody else if you don't take care of you you got to put the light and the, if you're a light then you have to put the oil back in your lamp and so that's what that's about 
I love it. And I love that you said no cameras, that, that it makes me so happy because mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I'm so tired of having a computer camera on and looking at myself all day. Yeah. Um, and I also <laughs> love that you talked about it being focused on gratitude. I think that that is something that can, it always brings me back to center mm -hmm. um, when I practice it. And also it's something easy to lose momentarily, especially mm -hmm. this time with so much going on. So, um, okay, I can't wait for that to come <laughs> That's amazing. And in our last couple of minutes, can you just tell me, so as we end, what do you want people to hear right now? And how do we move the needle towards love? Hmm. I hope. So people can say faith, people can say something else. For me, Sam, is hope. I am so hopeful that this generation gets it right, mm -hmm. that the world really does start to break down color lines and think of it as a beautiful bouquet of diverse, multicultural. Everybody comes from somewhere. Everybody has a story. And their, and their voices need to be heard and shared. And so in, in a bouquet, how we move the needle is that I'm, I'm I'm just always in love with the bouquet, and it is not the rose. It is not the, the preferred flower for me. Sometimes it is the beautiful peony. Sometimes it is just a happy Gerber daisy. That's just this flower that grows. And sometimes I find joy in a, a dandelion. But the, but the point is... I don't think one is better than the other. I think in total, for people who have allergies, they probably want no parts of this equation. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I say move the needle to, let, to be able to understand that in hope, there is joy. In joy, there is tomorrow. It's not promised. So every day that we get a chance to wake up and do something, do something about it. Plug in. Mm. Plug in. Do something. Even sometimes if you have to sit down to rest and in that quiet space, you can find yourself being able to morph it into, whew, okay, I took that break. And now I just want to reach out and talk to somebody that I haven't talked to in years or days or moments and, and have a virtual hug. Um, at the end, of, at the end of it, you know, it's, it's not only do we have to breathe, we have to be unafraid to fly. Mm. I love it. That's such a good note to end on. I thank you so much for being here, Lady Holly. I'm Aww. so grateful for your presence and your wisdom and the energy that you bring. And um, and I'm so grateful that we met in January because you, you and me both. have been a light for me. For you sure. and me both. Oh, my goodness. Same, Sam Willing. And I love my heart. I have my hearts all over. And when I see, I have, a, I have to put you in touch with my friend who does the happy heart wanderer because she has me taking pictures of every heart that I ever see, whether it's in the sand, whether it's in, she finds hearts in everything. And when I see one, I'm like, oh my God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so He's I have to put you two her. together. Yes, I will send her a heart so happily. I have to put you guys together because I find that to be amazing that she joneses for them. And when I see something and it's imperfection, like the whole moment of the two of you, she doesn't care what shape or if it's not perfect. It just needs to look like a heart. And when I, it can be in food. It's, it's, she has a whole face, uh, Instagram page dedicated to her, her the, the fascination with this. So that's how we let the love in, Sam Willing. And you are a, a vehicle for that. And I appreciate you and I. My life has been absolutely altered on purpose for the better by meeting you oh my gosh now you're gonna make me cry that was no. what happened again today thank you thank you friend. you're welcome
I love you. I hope we get to meet in California soon. You better believe it. I got to come home for a little while. I'll talk to you soon. You do. Enjoy. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right, everyone. That is it for today. I hope it gave you some good food for thought. And I hope you'll all go follow Lady Holly. She's got some fun content. Watch her speaker reel on betting on yourself. It's really great, especially right now. And join me next week when I will have another powerful guest on. It will be a fun surprise for all of us, including me. And until then, be kind, have courage, and give yourself and others grace.